Well, let's just get right into it. Fuck yeah. Back for another episode of A-Sides. And then we both took and a drink. And then we both take a drink at the same time. <laughs> it's all right, though. Yeah. They know what we're doing here. So, there's kind of a backstory to this episode. We were supposed to go see Faith No More before they went and fucking canceled on yeah. us. Sons of bitches. I wish them all well and everything, but... Man, disappointing, though. That would have been a really fun night. Yeah, because you had a good idea to kind of, like, record it on the road and, yeah, like, try that out. I thought that was going to be cool, like, because what the fuck else were we going to do? We were going to spend, yeah. like, two hours driving down to St. Louis, and we would have just been talking shit about music anyhow, because that's what yeah. we do. So, like, even if we weren't going to do, like, our top ten Faith No More songs, we probably could have just recorded an episode where, where we just, like talked shit yeah. <laughs> just been like yeah we probably either. would have been just repeating ourselves on the episode yeah like we might as well have made the list yeah. and taken it with us and just you know and so we did i mean we had it all i believe you had yours all made up i did yeah i didn't even look at mine it's funny because i made my list i checked it twice i made sure it wasn't naughty or nice no i don't know what the fuck i'm saying there but anyhow uh I made it, it was all ready to go, and then what was it? The day before the concert was when they canceled it, I think. I they think it was the whole two tour. days. It was, was Tuesday. It? And then Yeah, I think our show was Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Sounds right. So yeah, like I think by the time they canceled it, I had this made up and everything. I was all excited and was stoked for the yeah. show and couldn't wait to see what like we do. We and we were like lucky because we were getting the first. It was like the first stop of the tour. So, like, there was no way, like, it, you were going in, like, full-on surprise. Like, there, there was no cheating and looking up yeah, the, set the set list, list. and stuff. Yeah. It was like, they could have fucking just slapped us across the face with anything. It was like a show that I personally was, man, I've been a fan since high school, you know. Like, I don't know. I guess we always do the backstory of how we first got turned on to a band. So I'll just start, because I already started. But, um Obviously, the first time I heard them was when, like, Epic came out because it was all over MTV. You couldn't walk down the sidewalk without tripping over that fucking video. <laughs> and it was just, you know, a cool video and visually was unique, and they were just a unique-sounding band anyhow. So that was the first time. Like, I'm not old enough to have remembered, you know, the Chuck Mosley-era stuff. But later on, in high school, there was this girl that was, like, we always talked about music. She was a big Silver Chair fan for some fucking reason. I think she just thought that kid was cute. But <laughs> I was like, uh, I just did not. We always, I always gave her shit. Like, we would just, you know, kind of fuck with each other. And I would always fuck with her for being such a Silver Chair fan. But we would talk about music, other music. And she got me into some cool shit. And at one point, she's like, do you like Faith No More? And I'm like... Eh, I know the one, this is like, I want to say like my junior year. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I know the one song, you know, and she's like, oh no, they're fucking awesome. Like you got to listen to all their other stuff. I'm like, okay, whatever. So she brings me in two VHS tapes and one was like the live, was it Brixton Academy? I can't even remember. It was yeah, on the real thing so. tour. Yeah. Cause there's like a CD of that too. I think. Yeah. They did reissue it later. Um, but anyhow, so she gave, brought in those videos for me. I watched the live thing, and then the other thing was a home video with a bunch of music videos and stuff, which they later reissued on VHS because I bought it like a year or two after that. And it was the when that We Care A Lot or Who Cares A Lot 
uh, best of compilation thing, the greatest hits thing came out. Like, that's and, the one I was trying to think of because does it have a big question mark yeah. on it? Yep. Yeah, because that's the one. Like I was looking all over online, like looking at their, you know, like looking on my Apple Music and stuff, trying to listen to some of their stuff. And that one isn't online. It's just that this is it, the greatest hits. So hmm. I don't know if that one's never made it to like a streaming well, platform or not. I think there's a version where they changed the cover. Hmm. Where it doesn't have the question mark. The video that she gave me, though, I'm trying to think of where that stopped. Because when they reissued all that stuff, when they put out the Who Cares A Lot uh, video compilation thing, it was basically this old home video, and then it had all the newer shit, too. So I had, I think, I think the one that she let me borrow was from Angel Dust. I think it was after Angel Dust came out. And so there was, like, interviews and stuff in between the videos. And then when they did the Who Cares A Lot video, they just added all the stuff from King for a Day and uh, Album of the Year after it. And then there was no new interviews in between any of that stuff. But um, And it was really funny because that was, like, the first time I realized there was a lead singer before Chuck Mosley was when I watched that home video because there's, like, it includes and song... And we care a lot, the videos for that. And it was just really funny because they like kind of mock him. Like they show old footage and there's somebody making like this goofy laugh, like like thing in the background, like during all this footage of them, like hanging out and stuff back when he was in the band. And then that's like all they really showed, if I remember correctly. And then they just like showed the videos with Chuck and then, uh, and then, yeah, I don't, dude, after she introduced me to all that stuff, I was like, fuck, these guys' stuff is really badass. So then, like, I had to have, I remember, I think I bought the real thing and Angel Dust, and then, like, the Who Cares A Lot thing came out a couple years later. And then that's when I really got into the stuff from Album of the Year and King for a Day. I just bought those two albums, like, at the same time, I think, basically. And so... It's weird because I remember King for a Day being kind of like, eh. And now it's, dude, it's probably my favorite album if I had to rank them. Like, it's just such mm-hmm. a good album because it's like, it's as diverse and different as Angel Dust, but I feel like it's more cohesive. Like, it all, like Angel Dust, it's almost distracting how fucking much it jumps around to different styles and stuff. Although it's still brilliant. See, but, I would say that about King for a Day, then. Uh, than Angel Dust. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just as diverse. I just think it feels more more cohesive as a... You know what I mean? Like, it jumps around, but I don't know. It never... Maybe just over time, it stopped distracting me. I don't know. Because I didn't used to feel that way. I used to totally not like that record. Like, I just... I listened to it, like, once and was like, nah. And, like, Album of the Year, like I said, I kind of bought them both at the same time because I was kind of late getting into them, but... I liked album of the year way better. And then now it's like the opposite, but five years from now, it might be the back to, yeah, you true. know, I, mean, I kind of think I flip flop based on, I guess what I thought I like versus what I like now. Yeah. It's kind of changed. Well, I mean, you know, they don't have a lot of albums, but with what they have, there's a lot of different kinds of shit. Like it's all, every album is so different from the last yeah. one that it's like, I guess worth mentioning too, a few years back, I think like roughly two months before he died, I had the chance to meet Chuck Mosley and open for him there in Pekin. Yeah, he was at Spoke, right? Yeah. 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 
And, you know, I feel I felt so fucking bad for him because he was a wreck. He was sober. And he said it was the, he told me it was the first show. He was super fucking nervous because it was the first show he ever played sober. And he was like, because I offered to buy him a shot. You know, we were, we had sound checked and everything. And then we were hanging out back in that little patio, you know. And it was really cool. We had some cool conversations, man. He was such a cool guy and such a nice guy. And then he uh, started talking about how he was nervous. He's like, man, I'm really fucking nervous. I'm like, really? I was like, okay. I was like, well, I'm going to go grab a beer, man. You want a shot or something? I'll buy you a drink, you know? And I didn't really know. I mean, I didn't know a lot of history about the dude. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really know that he had, like, this big, like, drug problem in the past and stuff. And and whatever. It still doesn't mean, like, some people do. They get clean and they still have a drink here and there. So, Um, but he was like, no, man, I can't. I can't. I was like, well, I'll buy, you know? And then I kind of realized, like, "Ah, okay, maybe not. And then he proceeded to tell me, like, well, you know, I'm trying to stay clean and this is the first show I've actually I'm ever going to play sober you know like so I'm kind of nervous about it because usually you know I am kind of fucked up when I play and I'm like oh okay and uh so I felt bad that I even offered to buy him a drink but yeah way to go he went on and was like wreck man like he just was so fucking nervous that I think he spent the first five minutes on the stage talking about how nervous he was and then, and the weird thing was, there was no one in the fucking room. It was such a bad turnout, you know? And, um, yeah. So, Damn. <laughs> it was, you know, just, I, I felt bad because, you know, those shows are always hit or miss, but here's the thing, like, there's not too many people that, like, he probably, up like, Chicago, he probably could play to a small bar, and get a decent crowd, yeah. but like, dude, peeking like nobody's gonna know who the fuck Chuck Mosley is, you know. So, I don't know, man. It's kind of just it was a rough situation all the way around. And there was a book they put out a book. I can't remember. I think it was called Small Victories. I think it was the name of the book. I have it somewhere over there on a shelf. And it came out about a year after that, and it was really neat because all the early stuff with Chuck and the band and everything, there were a couple stories that he told me that night. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I remember him fucking telling me that, you know? Oh, shit. Like, he talked about how he was never supposed to be the singer. He was, like, a fucking keyboard player. And and then when you read the book, their story is really pretty neat, the backstory, because it was like they were this band doing, like, kind of this funk rock, art yeah. rock fusion thing. And they basically played all these clubs that were, like, kind of artsy-fartsy, like type places and they basically had if you read their uh liner notes on the uh best of thing it lists former members yeah because i was like gonna say they've got time, like dude. a weird like family tree i guess i never understood why because i was like who the fuck has that many different lead singers you know but then i read the book and the reason why was because they actually had different people just get up and just just make fucking lyrics up on the fly just basically yeah just freestyle poetry over the top of their shit and I think like Courtney Love did like two shows with them and she I think was maybe the first one to do multiple shows like most of them just came and did like one and then like they dug what she did so I think she did a couple but then like at some point I don't even remember how I think Chuck was in the band playing keys and then it was just like he sang you know one night and then it was like Oh, you just fucking do it. And then that turned into huh. 
Faith No More as, you know, the earlier And that version. makes sense because I was reading stuff too and I read about Angel Dust, how that was like they said that that was the first one that they really wrote. As a band with Mike Patton. Yeah, like with a singer because he like came in on Real Thing when it was all the music was already written. So it sounds right. like from what you're saying, they already write the music and then the singer is just kind of there to do whatever right or whatever almost like freestyle or or how chuck was doing just going huh huh what <laughs> what <laughs> like he just kind of talks over yeah shit. he just talks there's some really he's like having a conversation stuff, though, with i mean himself. <laughs> i've never cared much for the first album we care a lot but introduce yourself that album actually grew on me over the last few years i just like it more and more every time i hear it yeah. so um yeah so I don't know if there's anything you want to add as far as how you became a fan or whatever. Uh, nothing like that. Just really when I was working, I first started working at the radio station. I was also going to ICC, and I was just going to co-op all the time. And so I had a lot of disposable income. So I was just going in and, like, buying CDs after class and started buying Faith No More CDs, I guess, like 2002 or three hmm. or whatever. So I came late to a lot of bands, like I've already said. Yeah. So. Well, and I mean, I don't know. I guess I wasn't quite that late. It was probably like 98 when I first started really kind of getting into them. But then it was like 2000, like when the hits thing came out, like album of the year came out and then the greatest hits thing and stuff. And like I got more and more into them then because then I gave some of the stuff, like I said, like King for a Day a chance that. I didn't give before and yeah. whatever, you know. But I think it's one of those bands where it's like, man, if you really don't dive into them, you don't get it. Like, there's going to be a lot of people that, you know, you say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see Faith No More this week. And they're like, well, didn't they only have, like, that one song? Like, how yeah. are they still a fucking band? Like, that's how <laughs> people will say. They get thought of as a one-hit wonder, but, you know, they're not. Yeah. Did you just drink your Bloody Mary already? Yeah. God damn. I don't think you've ever finished your drink before me. Well, you've talked more than me. That's true. I'm just sitting here. uh, Maybe it went down faster with the straw. Maybe that's what it is. Hey, man, you want to get fucked up more? Drink your drinks with the straw. There you go. Dude, that's what we should market. A-side straws, man. We'll sell, like, (laughs) giant straw, but they got to be, like, huge ones. So they should just (laughs) suck it down quicker, and then it has, like, the A-side's logo down the fucking side of it. That'd be awesome. So do you want to start, do you have any honorable mention songs? Because you, know, you always do. I know, and this one I just didn't, hmm. but I probably could have. It's just that it was really hard for me to, like, dude, I put this list away and I did not look at it again until today. Oh, shit. About an hour before you got here. And I was already like, oh, but why isn't this song on here? What the fuck? You know, <laughs> like, so there were some that didn't make my list that, like, some... It's like any other list I make. I feel like usually half the list, four or five of them, are like, yes, those are my top five no matter what. But then I feel like the rest of them get interchangeable. So my number 10, and I tried to go more of the route of ranking them this time, whereas usually I'm just like, well, you know, blah, 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 like a cop out on that. So I tried to not cop out. But then again, as I'm looking at it, I'm thinking like, well, again, I feel like my top five is a solid top five, and those are ranked in that order. But then I feel like six through ten, 
They could probably be whatever yeah. in any order. But my number 10, it almost didn't make the list, but then I changed my mind and was like, no, it has to make the list because I fucking love that song no matter how creepy it is. And it's so different, but it's the last song on the real thing, Edge of the World. Oh, shit. And the reason <laughs> it almost didn't make my list was because I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot. The lyrics are like written from the perspective of a child molester. <laughs> is that real? It is, but that's kind of what's genius about this song is like, the first time you listen to it, you're like, oh, this is just this really weird, jazzy, like, I don't know, kind of weird ballad thing that, you know, I guess at least the first time I heard it, I didn't put it all into perspective of like, oh, is this written from the perspective of some dude that, you know, never really is singing about a kid? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, you don't have to really interpret it that way, I don't think, but... There's just certain lyrics in there that are really weird. Like, you know, it just sounds creepy. Like, everything about it is creepy. Like, even if it's not about a child and it's about a fully grown woman, like, it still sounds like (laughs) it's fucking written from the perspective of somebody who is, like, stalking this person. Yeah. You know? But, you know, there's just the lyrics like, do you want some candy and stuff like that that's just like, ah. (laughs) And then uh, I'm trying to remember the one lyric because there is one lyric where it mentions age I can't even fucking remember now like I, I got certain lines in my head and then there's just the the one line that I always thought was really creepy was the whole I'll kill my mother just to be with you <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> or I'd kill my mother just to be with you and it's like man, that's a fucking weird that is a weird fucking lyric <laughs> and you know in a way it took balls to come into a new band like you're this kid Mike Patton was a fucking kid at the time. This little pretty boy kid comes in just all fucking weird and singing weird and nasally and doing all this weird shit, which fit the fucking band. Yeah. But then to come out with some of the, like, lyrics that he came up with for this song in particular, it's like, dude, that kind of took fucking balls. Maybe a combination of balls and straight fucking, like, madness, but... (laughs) I mean, props to him. But no matter what the song's about... You can't even, like, it's just such a catchy song. It's like, how is this? Like, you hear it and you go, well, wait a minute. How is this not a hit? Other than the fact that I guess realistically it didn't fit, like, the power ballad formula at the time. Yeah. But it almost just seems like it should have been a single off the record. So, Hmm. anyhow, that's my take. Yeah. That's my number 10. So how about you, Andrew? Uh, I have a lot from the real thing, more than I realized. Uh, so I'm going to be hitting that album a lot. But my number 10 is also from the same album. It's Falling to Pieces. Dude, great. Great fucking song. I guess I really like his like rapping on there, because you even mentioned he does kind of like a nasally, hey, yeah. hey, like vocal thing, but then he kind of raps too. Yeah. Dude, the bass like on little, that song? Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess spoiler alert. But that didn't make my list, but that was one that was, like, in the running for sure. Because if I made this list, like, 20 years ago, back when I was really first into this band, that was one of my favorite songs, dude. And that fucking, just that bass line and shit is so, yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) such a cool beat. And the video is fucking hilarious, you know. 
Um, yeah, dude, good pick. But yeah, like, I thought it was interesting because, yeah, like, I never really dove into a lot of the band's history until we were going to do this episode, and it is just weird how, like, Everything everything about the album was written, and then he could just comes in, and he's got to, like, you know, write his own lyrics and do shit on top of something that's already... Yeah. Well, and the there. thing is, like... I think that might be why he's doing that nasally thing more than he, like, he did on other albums, right? Because... He's trying to he, fit into you know, something. He's got to fit, like, the high parts of the songs or whatever. He's got to fit the flow yeah. of that, so... Well, it's pretty interesting that they wrote this record without him and then he comes in and writes the melodies and honestly like arguably i guess but this is probably their most pop record with the most hits yeah and with the most like pop commercial friendly uh melodies and stuff i mean like you know it really is so i don't know to me that's crazy because like yeah, maybe the rest of the records were more, you know, creative, more artsy, whatever, and he had more creative input into it. But I feel like some of the best melodies of his entire fucking career are all on this record. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I'm with it's you. Hard like, to you argue. S- you say that, you know, you got a lot from the real thing on your list. It's like, yeah. that's because, like, dude, like, even if it's not my favorite album of theirs, it has some of their best songs. Like, some of the songs are so fucking good that, you know. I think for me, it's like some of the stuff, like the melodies or whatever, they get stuck in your head. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, dude, you, like you said, fall into pieces, and it's just going on a loop in my yeah. fucking head right now. So hard that I can't even hear the next fucking song on my list. Oh. I'm trying to get it back in my head, but I actually listen. Well, what is it? What is your number nine? My number nine, and I might, I am, my prediction when I put this on my list, and I didn't do it to be a fucking, you know, to be different and be the only one that mentioned Chuck Mosley in the fucking list, but my prediction was that you probably weren't going to have a Chuck Mosley song on your list. But if you do, (laughs) but if you do have a Chuck Mosley song on your list, I'm betting I know which one it is. Okay. So, anyhow. All right. But mine is the opening track from Introduce Yourself, Faster Disco. Oh. The song is so fucking cool, and I really like that album. Like, I just, I mentioned it, you know, earlier when we were kind of doing our little spiel, you know, introduction into how we got introduced into this band. Introduce Yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Brent, introduce yourself. Andy. (laughs) (laughs) But that album, I really, dude, I fucking genuinely, I came home uh was it yesterday yeah when i was working out yesterday after work i put that on and was listening to that album and was like god damn dude like i almost instantly regretted not having more from that record on my list but then like i look at my list today and it's like well yeah but these fucking songs so but faster (laughs) disco like has some really great fucking melodies dude like there's some really great you know i think that some of the songs might just suffer from Chuck Mosley's dopey kind of vocal delivery. Whereas some of them, if Mike Patton re-recorded them, they would probably be like this fucking powerhouse. And I think that like Faster Disco, I don't think I've heard a version of Mike Patton singing it. I'm not saying it doesn't exist or that he never has. It's just I've heard some other ones that he's covered and stuff, like live versions of different songs. But I don't think that 
I don't know that this one ever has, like, mm. as far as a recording. I don't know. I haven't heard it. But I imagine, like, if they went in and redid it with Mike Patton singing, I feel like those same vocal melodies and shit would really stand out. They'd be really strong. I think it's, yeah. you know, just a catchy song. And, you know, musically, <laughs> there was a lot of really cool stuff, man. I feel like rhythmically there was some of the stuff on Introduce Yourself was real, you know, just... I don't know, like Death March, man. That has some fucking badass <laughs> shit. Like when I was listening to it last night, I was like, fuck, maybe I should cross something off and put Death March <laughs> on my you know, list. But that's just because like sometimes I think when you're listening to that record or that song at that moment, you're like, no, this is the fucking great. Like you're just into it. So yeah. you're like, oh, this is the greatest fucking face. It's the best thing ever. But I couldn't. I mean, unfortunately, I'm just going to, you know, say that this is the only Chuck Mosley era uh faith no more song that made my list mm. so it's kind of a spoiler alert but mm. you know so all right well maybe andy's got some surprises yeah. here by the look on his face uh my number nine i'm still sticking with the real thing album and it's the title track the real thing really yeah like i don't know like i like how it kind of starts off with this like the tapping little, little drum yeah um, I don't know, like What's a how we were saying that el- just a constant build. Uh, album. It's like at first I didn't want to like it because of Mike Patton's like his nasally thing, and then the keyboards they seem really. It Out seems front. like yeah, very up in your face, but like I don't know. The stuff's catchy though, so yeah, it's got good like um you're saying good bass like bass lines on that um, album and then the songs and stuff. Well, do that rhythm section is, you know, the shit, man. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason Mike Borden played with Ozzy for so long. I mean, yeah. you know, that guy. <clears throat> Funny story. This just popped in my head, dude. I'll never forget this. This was like 20 years ago. I remember I was married to my ex-wife, to Skyla's mom, and we were sitting there, and it was back when uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? was on TV and it was like the big new show, you know, yeah. and Regis was hosting it. And I'm sitting there watching it with Lindsay. That's Skyla's mom. And all of a sudden there's this lady who was a contestant and she's mm-hmm. on there and she's like, yeah, my husband's in the crowd. And he's like, Oh yeah. Where's he at? And then the camera pans to him. I go, fuck, it's Mike fucking Borden from <laughs> faith. No more. I like freaked out. His wife was the contestant and it was so funny. Cause you know, my wife at the time, she's like, what? How do you, are you fucking serious? Like, she, how would you not like, be able to recognize yeah, the guy? You I know. know and she's like, you're such stuff, a fucking yeah. dork. I'm like, no, fuck, look, it's the drummer from Faith No More. And then like, Regis is like, oh yeah, what's he do for a living? Oh, he's a musician. Yeah, he's a drummer. Oh, okay. And then it was like, it was the, like this total, just like, kind of just yeah. nonchalant. Like, oh yeah, it's my husband. He's a drummer. He's a professional musician. Oh, okay, great. Well, hey. For your first question. Yeah, he would have been in Ozzy's band then. It was. It would have been like... It was. It was huge. after Faith No More broke up and yeah. he was... Oh, he's just he a drummer. Oh. Yeah, it was just like, yeah, yeah, he's a professional musician. He's just kind of like sitting there all... Totally a little modest. But I was like, fuck, man. I thought it was so cool. I was like, that dude's <laughs> the shit, man. That's one of my favorite fucking drummers. <laughs> and I was freaking out, but uh, yeah, dude. So I don't know. Kind of I think he played rant. with Jerry Cantrell around there too, didn't he? Did he? Yeah, I don't remember that. I, I remember so. him being in Ozzy's band, and that was uh, 
Yeah, man. It was like, I can't remember who played bass at the time in Ozzy's band, but there was that one. I think it was kid. Robert Chujihilo. Was it? I yeah, was thinking from Metallica, that. Metallica, yeah. Okay. That kind of popped in my head, but I thought maybe I was wrong thinking that. But yeah, now that you say that, it was. And uh, I can't remember the kid's name. That It was that kid that took over after Zach Wilde left, and he was only in the band. Was it Joe show. Holmes? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because he only did the tour, but I think Zach came back for the for the records and stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I remember seeing like some videos that there was like some weird show that was on PBS like late at night one night, like eleven o'clock. PBS, at night. dude, out of nowhere, it just came on and like you dude, came from out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Pan- dude, Pantera was on there. Fucking Sepultura on PBS. Ozzy, I swear to God, <laughs> what? And I recorded it. I freaked out because I was like, oh, fuck, what is this? And I, like, popped a blank VHS tape in or, or mm. recorded over something. And it was like, dude, it was so cool. And it was when, I don't remember what year it was. would have been when Roots came out. Sepultura's Roots. So was it 98, 99? No. Yeah. would have been, like, yeah, after Trend Kill and Roots. Because I remember, like, they played that Rada Mahada Mahada whatever song, you know. <laughs> you know, if you know Sepultura at all. But So, anyhow, back to Faith No More. There was mm. our far left turn off yeah. on a fucking dirt road heading out towards <laughs> Ten Buck Two in this conversation. I don't even know whose turn it is at this point. So I just did the real thing number nine. So okay. it's your eight. My number eight is from King for a Day. Hmm. And it's a weird, jazzy little ballad-type tune called Evidence. Oh. I, first time I heard this song, I kind of was like, what the fuck? Why did they do this song? Like, I didn't like it the first time I heard it, because I was just like, this is too subtle. Like, I just thought they were... piano. Yeah, like, I thought they were just being stupid. And, like, saw the video, and it's like, oh, we're like lounge singers, and oh, we're doing this sexy little jazzy thing. And I was like... Ah, uh, God, you guys are just kind of being full of yourselves now. Like, this is stupid. Like, I thought it was just like a parody. And then it was like all of a sudden one day I just was listening to the album and that song came on and I was like, God damn, this is a fucking awesome yeah. song. Like, I did not give it the chance I should have. Like, I just had like this pre-existing, like, I don't know idea of what I thought they were doing, I guess, maybe, to where I wasn't giving the song a chance, and then I all of a sudden realized, like, this is a fucking brilliant song. Hmm. Mike Patton, who obviously has such a wide vocal range, but, like, shows a whole different characteristic on the song, like, with this weird, like, I don't know, like, He's singing kind of in that high falsetto thing. Yeah. And then the chorus kicks in where he's kind of full belting it a little bit more, you know. And that whole hook, dude, that didn't mean a thing. Like, that's fucking awesome, dude. Like, when it (laughs) kicks in, you're just like, and it's so, I don't know, man. I love that fucking song now. And it's sexy and cool. And it's like, I initially thought this is fucking stupid. They're just trying to be Mm -hmm. like, they're trying to like be like, oh, look, we can do some sexy, cool Sinatra thing or something. Like, But then now I listen to it and I go, no, it's like it really is that sexy and cool. Like, I want to fuck these guys for writing this song. That's how <laughs> fucking sexy and cool it is. Okay, maybe not. But it's fucking great, dude. The little oh, that kind of surprised me because not that they have many hits, 
but this is like a hit or like a radio single. I didn't think you'd have any of the singles. You I thought what? you would go like way the opposite. Like I'd have the singles and you'd have the deep cuts. <sighs> yeah. So. Well, I thought about that because I almost thought like, God, do I have too many singles on here? But their singles are still deep cuts. People don't know these fucking songs. <laughs> You know? Yeah, so that's why I didn't use the word hit. I used yeah. singles because stuff they released. I don't have Epic. Mean it's a hit. Spoiler yeah. alert, Epic's not on my list. So to mm. me, I don't have a fucking hit on my list because mm. that really is their only hit. Yeah. Like all their other singles, they didn't do anything. You know what I mean? So mm. they're great. And you can't really, there's a reason they were their singles because they were fucking awesome songs. Yeah. You know? So anyhow, I just got all worked up about that. Like, yeah, man, you're like, what are you calling yeah. me, a poser? Like, I'm not a real Faith No More fan because I don't have all the deep cuts on here. I put Faster Disco at number nine, god yeah. damn it. What do you want at number one? Yeah. Did give me street cred? Yeah. Is that what you wanted, Andy? Yeah. Yep, that's what I wanted. Fine, I'm scratching off my number one, and well, I'm going to put Death March on here after all. Like, Well, my number eight is from the same album, uh... A King for a Day. Uh, the song is um, Digging the Grave. I knew it. When you said it, I was like, it's going to be Digging the Grave. That's an awesome song. Yeah, because like... It didn't make my list, but I wanted it to make my fucking list. Way back when I was buying um, CDs, buying all their albums and stuff, how I said I got into them in the early 2000s... That was a single too, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first song I heard on that album, and dude, I think that's why... Like, I didn't like it at first, and I think that's why I snubbed that whole record at first, because I just was like... You know, it was like, what, what is this? Like it, because it went so different. It was stripped down. It was just punk rock. There was no. Yeah, because it didn't like have the keyboards. Like keys. I was saying, and the yeah. keyboards were really present on the previous albums, and then right. This and this really, one, it was, like, it was like where there's keys, it's like mostly piano and stuff. Yeah. Like they don't really go in a big slick, uh, elaborate kind of production like they did on the previous stuff, but. You know, that's, dude, it is a really cool song. I mean, that's one where now, I mean, I say now, but I initially didn't like it, but then that whole record grew on me. And then after the whole record grew on me, I knew like, man, that song's fucking great. Really? It's just that you have like a preconceived idea of what the next record's going to be following Angel Dust and like. Yeah. And then it smacks you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then maybe just because it was so raw and and different and i really kind of heard that at about the same time as hearing stuff off album of the year like i said before like i think that i wanted i just automatically gravitated towards album album of the year more than king for a day at first so then like i didn't give some of this stuff enough of a chance yeah and then now it's like total opposite now i'm like dude king for a day is probably i'm saying that's my favorite yeah like you sent me a text you're like that album's the shit dude yeah every time i listen to it i get something more out of it because i was like star ad yeah i didn't put it on there which was a weird one i was like is that really going to be one of his top 10 like i can't it's catchy though it's got a weird groove and shit to it so it's like you know it sounds like the uh the theme song for like old 60s like sci-fi show yeah (laughs) it's fun man i mean i don't know it's. I wouldn't have probably argued. I would probably not have argued with any song from that record. Or I mean, I, there's not. There's. I don't know that there's a song 
Maybe if I started scrolling through the track listing, I'd be like, oh, yeah, never mind. That one's really fucking dumb. But I don't know. They got, I mean, some of the unreleased shit was cool. And, Man, sometimes I want to pick one where you're like, that's fucking dumb because you were about <laughs> to say, I don't know if I can argue this. I don't know if I can argue that. Sometimes I want to have something You need to just give me one dumb. that's where I'm like, dude, you suck. Like, what? What? You're like looking at me, and then there's like crickets chirping. This podcast is over. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> there's no more A-sides. This partnership's through. Yeah. All right. Where are we at? <laughs> uh, your number seven. Ah, my number seven. All right. Angel Dust. I haven't touched on that record oh. yet. And my pick, and this was hard because uh, there's some good shit on Angel Dust that I oh. didn't fucking put on here that really bums me out. But everything's ruined. And I know technically that I don't know if that was really a single or if they because they had that real generic ass music video that was almost like mm. it looked like it was like done with a fucking home video camera or something. But really? I don't think I've seen any of their videos until today, and I watched the oh, one for really? Ann's song. Yeah, <laughs> and I what? loved it. What dude? <laughs> yeah. That song I hated it the first time I heard it. Now I like that song. Yeah. It's so fucking. Weird, but like it's that's not on my list. But hey, um, no, but everything's ruined. There's something about it where it's just super catchy and just everything about all the different parts are catchy. Like now, I just hear the piano part in my head, dun mm-hmm. dun, dun, dun dun, you know, and then like, uh, just weird, like. First thing I think of when I when I say the song "Everything's Ruined," I instantly think a bouncing little baby, <laughs> and then it goes into like this big. You know, it's like the the chorus is catchy, and then it's got I don't know, man. Can't explain yeah. it. It's just one of those songs. It really is a unique song. You think yeah. about it, and uh, cool drum beat. It's got kind of that you know that Mike Patton or Mike Patton, Mike Borden. Uh, kind of signature tribal thing that he's yeah. kind of like really fucking good at. You know, he's just good at the Tom work and stuff. It's very a matter of fact and distinct. And hmm. just like he just fucking hits that shit dead on. And I don't know if any of that that just came out of my mouth made any sense, but I know what the fuck I yeah. meant by it. But he's, yeah, dude, I don't know. Don't have a lot to say about that song other than whatever I just babbled, but <laughs> I like it. I like the song. It's not sexy. It's not like evidence. It's not sexy. Yeah. <laughs> you like did remind me of something. Um, I had one. I had one honorable mention, but I didn't mention it though because <laughs> you didn't have any honorable so mentions. It was an honorable for unmention. But mine was "Land of Sunshine" or yeah. something. Because how you're yeah. like a bouncing baby. He's got this kind of weird like delivery, like with his vocals. Where he's like, here's how to order. And it sounds like some infomercial oh. or something. Like the whole song sounds like an infomercial. Like he was just like up late watching TV and he just wrote down like, you know, stuff that they say in infomercials. And that's the lyrics. I guess but, I never thought of it like that, but. Yeah, but that's what it sounded like to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool song, though. Yeah. There's. God, dude. It, in fact, here's the thing this tattoo right here, this dragon, kind of looks like shit. The shittiest tattoo I probably have. Thanks to a guy that used to go by the name Satan. So don't let Satan give you a tattoo. But. Oh, is that something to, uh, way back on 99X? It was like uh, Jesus, Satan, Nose, and Wanda. They all do oh, like yeah, tattoos. Down, yeah, down yeah. at uh, 
Yeah, what was Angel? The fuck I'm no was Angel. That? Like Farmington Road. I'm no Angel. Yeah, on Farmington Road. Yeah. So that's where I got that tattoo. And anyhow, oh. he was playing. We were listening to the fucking Angel Dust album while he did that tattoo. Oh, really? I don't know why I just remember that. It was like I all of a sudden just talking oh, so about that like record. It you. just flashed back, and it's like, yeah. oh fuck, I remember that we were listening to that record while he gave me that tattoo. I don't know why the weirdest shit pops in your head. Thanks, alcohol. Thanks, A-sides. Thanks, (laughs) A-sides. Trip down memory lane. All right. So... Uh, well, I just kind of stole ruined. one, and I did an honorable mention here, but I think it's my number seven. ruined. Anyhow, it is your... uh, I started singing. I won't do it again. Your number seven. So I've kind of got a theme going, I guess. My first two... Uh, ten and nine were from the real thing. Now eight and seven are from uh, King for a Day. I've got number seven is Take This Bottle. Ah, oh, all right. And how you were saying? Ep- oh, that's my number six. I just oh, I'm just gonna throw it out there. So we'll talk about it at the same time here. I was just gonna say that this album is almost like it is really like it's almost like Whiplash. I think listening to this album, like I'm, I tried to listen to this like at work, and it's like there's like. Here's a rock song. Here's this song. Here's this song. And they've got, like, everything thrown at you. Everything but the kitchen sink. Take this bottle. Yeah, like, and you said Evidence is kind of like this loungy, like, soul, like, song. I think Take This Bottle, it's a country song, right? It is. But it sounds way more convincing than half the country songs written in the last 25 years. I know, it's, it's like weird. better than, yeah, some You're like, of the how's shit this that's out there on the radio. Like how has not yeah. how has some contemporary country star not said like I don't want him to I don't want Luke Bryan to take a shit on the song so I'm not advocating for that just to get that out of the way but like yeah but I see what you're saying how come somebody hasn't just taken yeah, the song and like covered it and kind of like yeah. you know made why it why would they hit? be like hey Faith no more here's a whole bunch of fucking money I'm gonna go make a hit out of this song because yeah. it probably honest to God is the biggest hit that wasn't a hit. Yeah. On this fucking record. Probably because it's not a bottle of what, um, I don't know, Fireball or something. Yeah, they'd have to change <laughs> lyrics. Like, I don't know. Take this bottle, Jack Daniels. Like, <laughs> of Tito's. <laughs> of Tito's. They'd have to, it, okay, so Luke <laughs> That's Bryan, what they do, yeah. Luke Bryan's going to redo this song. But then he's going to have Mike Patton come in and do like the weird, like, insert voiceover things. Like, so Luke Bryan's going to go, take this bottle. And then Mike Patton's going to come in and go, Jack Daniels. Do like the weird, <laughs> like the bouncing little baby voice, you know? I think I'm on to something here, Andy. Or just every time they you do take this bottle, they he's owe me got money a if bottle they do it. of something else, you know? Bottle of pills? Yeah. going to be more of a drug thing? Dude, uh, great song. I'm glad it was on your list. That's like I the mean, only, yeah, like Fireball. I'm like surprised it's the only time yeah. we've doubled up so far. Oh. And it was going to be my next one. That's why. Well, maybe. You know. I mean, we might double up again, maybe. We might. But probably not, because mine gets more, like, commercial hmm. uh, uh, sounding. Mine might, too. You never yes. know. I'm, I but. do some basic bastard shit. Well, I guess, you know, we basically have to skip to your number six, because that was my number six. Hmm. So now I basically got three in, um, in a row because I did honorable mention seven and then six. Um, I'm going back to the Introduce Yourself album. We care a lot. I knew, <laughs> I knew it was going to be on there. Nothing wrong with it though, dude. I used to dude, think it was so cheesy, slappy but... bass. Boom. But <laughs> here's the thing. So 
I wonder if we polled people, how many people that watch Mike Rowe's Dirty Jobs would know that it's actually a Faith No More song that they used as a theme song, right? Because it's like, it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> right. I think they use that for that show, right? Do they? But I've never seen it, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like, I think I've seen it a couple times. Like, I don't know if that show's still on the air, but... Hmm. I think they just use it as an instrumental thing and then loop the like dirty, dirty jobs. Job, yeah. You know what's apart. funny is if I'm remembering correctly via the book <laughs> via the book like who <laughs> says something that was stupid. Um <laughs> <laughs> it was like their version of we are the world. Like it was kind of their smart ass. Yeah, cuz it is like we care about NASA and we care about transformers <laughs> yeah. and it's just yeah. like ninja stupid turtles shit. and like Random shit. Yeah. No, it's, uh, dude, it is really. We care about funny. nuclear waste that's falling in the ocean. <laughs> I don't know. I think when I first heard it, I thought, this is so fucking dumb. What the hell? <laughs> Do they think they're like a boy band or something? Yeah. Like, I, it was like, what is this? But then, like, <laughs> as I listened to it more later and gave it more of a chance later, yeah. I was like, no, this is funny. Like, the lyrics are funny. Yeah. Like, you're saying, like, they're just like. It sounds it's stupid. A satire, you think it's stupid, but then it's like stupid. But it's catchy. It's so stupid that it's good. Yeah. We care about garbage pail kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's, dude, it's, it's great. I'll take this bottle. Sorry, I'm just back on that one. Um, <laughs> my number five is Surprise, You're Dead. Mm. Because I'm surprised. it's such a catchy ass song, yet so death metal y. Yeah. Just all that screaming and I don't know. I just thought it was so great when I heard it because yeah. that album's pretty poppy. You know, the real thing's like kind of this slick, ultra produced pop song, and then all of a sudden in the yeah, middle of like it, there's just like this. Stuff, yeah. You know, and then he just comes in full on with his fucking screaming and shit and it's like oh my god it's so wicked sounding and just the <laughs> laughing and the it's so fucking maniacal yeah. it's like god damn you know but catchy at the same time and it's a great title like surprise you're dead what a great fucking mm. title of a song you know what i mean like <clears throat> shit i bet slayer's pissed they didn't fucking come up with that you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah it's about all i have to say about that um, well, no arguments for me or no complaints. Cause yeah, like, I don't know. That album's good. Yeah. And it's, it'd be like almost like a top 10 right there. Yeah. Hard to argue. Yeah. Hard to argue. Well, speaking of arguing, what's your number five? I need something to argue about. All right. Shit. Well, I went a little, um, left field with this one, but it is, um, for my number five, it's absolute zero and it's like a B side. Right. That was, was that the B-side for something off King for a day, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It said the, the it was a B-side or... for Digging the Grave. Yeah. And it's this is weird. It's actually the first song I ever downloaded illegally online. Oh, my God. Yeah. You just admitted that. They're going to take yep. you off to jail. Like Because like I was buying CDs and stuff. Like, there are CDs at co-op and stuff. But then, like... I guess YouTube wasn't around. There wasn't like Apple Music. There was right. like, you know, Lime all wire. The, you was had to go wire? download it. Download yeah. it? <laughs> download <laughs> it. 
Yeah, it's time for another Bloody Mary. <laughs> and, uh, we had to download shit. And so, like, yeah, like, I was just trying to find any of their songs. And how I even said there was that, um, like, the Who Cares a Lot. That one isn't online. But I guess they've got deluxe versions of their um, albums with, like, the B-sides oh, yeah, like and everything shit. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, some so of the now B-sides it's nice are that cool. it's out there now. And that probably, I think, out of all the B-sides, that might be the yeah. best one. There's another one that I'm kind of drawing a blank on right now. It's obviously not on my list, but yeah, I'm not going to go dig up the track list in on anything. It's just but... like he's got a good range on there. No, that's a cool song. Yeah. That's a good... Yeah. I'm so with think... you. I'm with you, dog. I guess it stands out because it's the first song I downloaded. So Was it LimeWire? <laughs> yeah. I had I did that. I went down the... LimeWire rabbit hole, spending yeah. hours just downloading shit. Do yeah. not have any of it yeah. now. <laughs> like I don't have yeah, any. I don't shit. still have any of that bullshit. Or some stuff people would like say it's one thing and yeah, it was like, not. Yeah, like they'd say it's a different band than what it was. Yeah, it's like uh, God. It's like, do you not know what you're putting up here? Yeah. All right, number four. All right, my number four. <laughs> downlighted. <laughs> downlighted. I never downlighted this song, but my number four, <laughs> for some reason, the first thing that popped in my head was a set of lyrics from this song. And so I just almost want to introduce it by quoting the song because <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious. It's just one of those, like the first time I heard it, I remember laughing out loud. And now I just love it like it's the coolest thing ever. Where he's like, Don't you act so surprised. Happy birthday. Fucker. That's <laughs> like <laughs> awesome. And just the way the drum, I think the drums sync up with it too. Like, fucker. So, anyhow, the gentle art of making enemies. Oh, man. That's one that I really wanted to have that one. First of all, but... what a fucking awesome yeah. title. Like, I read the title and I go, I don't give a fuck if it's like a bitch that sounds like Cinderella reading the fucking ingredients to a box yeah. of Wheaties. Like, I'm going to like this song because that is the coolest goddamn song title. And I don't know where I came up with the Cinderella (laughs) reading the box of Wheaties. But um, that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever said. And if I could (laughs) retract it, I would, but fuck it. This song is just just a cool fucking song, man. It's just cool. I don't, like, I'm not going to sit there and say it's even the catchiest song they got. But the lyrics are just cool and weird a little yeah. bit and you know for some reason I can't get that line out of my head like yeah. I can't even like quote the chorus right now because I just keep hearing the happy birthday fucker <laughs> it's awesome yeah like isn't there like I totally I'm like misquoting it but he, isn't, he he's got some other weird part where he's like don't you know that what you think we are don't yeah. you know that you think we are and he's like doing this weird little thing and then he goes into like that and it's like it's just this Don't you think really we weird, we like, are? choppy yeah. song where it's kind of like... Yeah, and then goes into, like, a yeah, like, big, smooth chorus thing where it's yeah. melodic. And, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, pretty creative-ass song, you know? At the time don't when that... we know who you are? At the time, that, yeah, like yeah. I said, the early 2000s when I was buying those albums and stuff. And I don't know if you thought this or not, but when I was listening to King for a Day... It sounded like at the time when I'm listening to this, like a system of a down, that was their whole thing was just doing this album. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, like the whole Being their whole the style. 
Yeah, of being all over the place and then kind of going boom and then like stopping and then going like this. There's like a start, chop, chop, stop chop, chop. in a song. Yeah. Hmm. It just seems like that's like a System of a Down's whole, whole like catalog is basically Faith No More right here in this song. Except for like Spiders it. or Toxicity. Those are kind of more melodic. But a lot of their stuff was that choppy. Yeah. Shit. I like, get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Never thought about it that way, but I guess I just felt like a hipster because yeah, some people were like, "Yeah, man, I really love like like this song," and I'm like, "Dude, Faith No More was doing that before." Even though I just got into Faith No More, right. I'm like, "Yeah, man, whatever." Like whatever. Yeah. Fucking poser. You probably don't know, even know who Faith No More is. <laughs> they invented this style, and I invented talking about who invented that style. Well, yeah. Yeah, because I got some cred. <laughs> yeah. um, We're important. We host podcast. Yeah. You know who the fuck we are? <laughs> We're A-sides, motherfucker. All right. Your number four. My number four is when you first were saying that you had something in your head when you were introducing your number four, I thought it was going to be this one. But mine is be aggressive. B, B, aggressive. <laughs> B, E, A, G, G, R, E, S, S, I, V, E, aggressive. I don't know. It's just, you can spell it. Yeah. That's pretty good for a guy who just said downlight. Yeah. Or whatever you said, downlight. <laughs> downlight. I downlighted that. So my number four is Be Aggressive from Angel Dust. But here's the thing about copying, how I said other bands maybe have copied Faith No More. We even talked about somebody yesterday, Marilyn Manson, in a text. He's got ah. a song, Be Obscene, Be, Be Obscene. Yeah. And it, so it kind of sounds like this song. Yeah, which sounds yeah. like a fucking cheer yeah. thing that's been around for yeah. however long. So yeah. it's like, I guess, how do you copyright that? Maybe that's where the loophole is. Maybe I'll write a song. Yeah. And I'll just fucking take that cheer and fuck it all yeah. up. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I've always kind of liked that song. It's like the fun yeah, like, kinda, I guess that's what I like. I it's kind of just the fun song. I mostly song. like their fun songs. So <coughs> I don't. I like being miserable when I listen yeah. to music. Not really. Well, I'll go. I'll move along to number three where I feel like this is my fun song. And you, I think, quoted it earlier. And it's from The Real Thing. From oh. Out of Nowhere. Oh. Okay. Dude, like, that's a powerhouse of a song. Yeah. Just a powerhouse of a song. Great. I mean, just the way it kicks in, just yeah. bon, dun, 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 dun. you know what I mean? Like it just like what it's a crazy opener because it's like almost like too fucking upfront and in your face, and you know what I mean. But God is so good, and he sings yeah. his ass off on it, and the fucking chorus, and I just yeah. want to put it on right now and listen to it. And then, like, hook up, like, a karaoke mic yeah. and sing along with them. You, you have know? to be like this. Yeah. You came from out of nowhere. <laughs> I don't know. Like that. <clears throat> well, you know what's funny is when we when we opened for Chuck Mosley, and I, I wanted to do this because I'm such a fan, I thought, man, it'd be really cool. I learned this song, and we were going to do it. We Because it was acoustic. He was playing acoustic. We you were going to do all Mike Patton songs? No, I just wanted to do one. I just wanted to do one I wanted to do from out of nowhere, and I learned it. And I think we rehearsed it a couple times. But then at the last minute, I was kind of like, man, we shouldn't do that song. What if he takes it wrong? Like, what if he yeah. takes it like 
Because you got to figure, like, Chuck Mosley gets fired from the band, and then they get Mike Patton and their overnight success and become, yeah. like, fucking huge. So, like, that dude probably had a lot of, like, emotional complications, like, dealing with that. Yeah, man. And shit, so, shit, you already offered him a drink, then you I know. played a song from, like, Yeah, Mike so I'm like, I just would have fucking, yeah. And then he dies two months yeah. later from a drug overdose. Like, I probably would have blamed myself. Here, man, take this bottle. So, <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't joke about that. Sorry. It's kind of funny, though. But that was pretty fucking good, dude. Oh. <laughs> no, but anyhow, you know, I just, the the better part of me told me that, you know, this could be a complicated thing. I wouldn't have been doing it to be disrespectful and funny. Yeah. I just am a genuine fan. Yeah. And a fan of some, you know, the stuff he did with the band. I just thought like that would be really cool for the faith. No more fans that showed up. It would be like, Oh fuck, that's cool that they're doing. Cause obviously Chuck Mosley's not going to play that song, Yeah, but it's cool that, you know, yeah, you're thinking about it from that perspective. Yeah. From but, someone being in the crowd. Right. But then I kind of thought like, well, is that going to be like something where he's sitting there going, man, fuck this guy. Why do you play that song? What's he rubbing the fucking success in my face? You know yeah. what I mean? Like all yeah. of a sudden shit hit my head and I was like, I can't do it. Fuck that song. We'll just play our shit and be done with it. So we didn't end up doing it. But anyhow, hmm. that's my story. It's a great song. All right, man. You're number three. All right. Hopefully anybody that downlighted this episode is still here. <laughs> I don't know. They might have gave up. On us. So my number three is a is a Chuck Mosley song. Damn, dude! I can't believe you're flocking towards this stuff this much. And it's I from Introduce it Yourself, and it's it's not the Crab song, it's not Annie song, but it's Chinese arithmetic, dude. That's a cool song. I know, man. It's like, dude, there's some cool shit on there, and like Jim Martin's guitar, and it's so like dark and stuff. But then like. He's like really like rapping, but it's like it's weird. Like a lot of the songs he kind of like raps or he just seems like he's just talking and he just turn on the mic and he's like, "Hey, who are you? Hey. Hey man, and she's cool." And he's like <laughs> doing some weird shit, but this he sounds like he's actually rapping and like focused in part yeah. of the songs. Yeah. He's like freestyling. Wow, dude. I did not expect yeah. you to have so much Chuck Mosley. I'm pretty impressed, dude. Like, you're the guy I actually now. didn't expect it either because <laughs> at first when I said I was getting into Faith No More and stuff, like, I thought this stuff was, like, garbage and it's stupid. And I'm like, God, no wonder they got rid of this guy. He's just, like, he just sounds like he's just on drugs and they just well, he they was. just got a random guy from the street to just record they shit. literally fired him for falling asleep on stage. It's like they just got a homeless <laughs> so. guy. Hey, man, we just need a vocalist. Can you right. just record some rambling shit? But now there's like a charm to it. And it there it is. genuinely it genuinely like makes me laugh. And it's like... Well, and they played clubs. Like they did like a reunion show with them. I think it might have been from that tour, pointing for those listening at a poster on my wall. It was 2015 or 2016. I can't remember, but they did... A short leg where they got where they did a tour with Chuck Mosley and really, band. yeah. But huh. you know, now that I think about it, I don't remember if Jim Martin got was back in the band. Huh. So I don't remember. See, you would think they'd have to. Like, why the fuck would they get him back and not? See, that's one other thing think, with this band. When I first was buying their CDs and stuff, and you're looking at the picture because it's different when you're listening to stuff than when you're actually looking at pictures of who these guys are. I'm like. 
who the fuck is this Jim Martin guy? The other guys have like, you know, it's like like 89 or 90, and they've got baggy shirts on, and they're jumping around on stage. Here's this Jim Martin guy that's got the weird 80s, yeah. back to the future looking He's like the most sunglasses. iconic guy in the band, and then he was only on two. Yeah, the, and he's, yeah. Like, he was after the first few records, he was gone. And he looks like, more like their dad or something. Yeah. But it's like, but going back and listening to this now, because I was diving in to listen to some stuff, you know, because we're going to go to the show, I'm like... I like the Chuck Mosley stuff and the Jim Martin era like way more than I thought I did. I don't know. There's just his guitar playing was more standout, I think. I think he had more short of maybe a couple things, but I, I guess I don't really want to say, well, I can get to it in my next pick, I guess I could explain what I'm trying to say, but I think you're saying the rhythm section, the Billy Gould and the Mike Borden. They became more front and center, right. like on the later albums, and even like now, it's like there's some cool, catchy riffs later. But I feel like all most of the memorable guitar parts all came from Jim Martin. Like just the outro solo from Epic is just like yeah. you know, like I don't know, like his he had his own style, man. I mean, he yeah. did. He was and his playing was memorable, melodic. You just remember hearing the shit, so. Anyhow, um, yeah. Yeah. But is it my number two or is yep. it your? Okay. Your number two. Well, it's a good way to segue off that conversation because I would say that the one exception as far as memorable guitar parts would be my number two from album of the year, Ashes to Ashes, that opening guitar oh, riff. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck me, yeah. dude. That is one of the coolest guitar riffs in all of their fucking dis- yeah. discography. Like, Maybe wow, even wow, rock and roll. Wow. Dude, it's fucking yeah. like that weird bend. It's simple as shit, but like, God, it's fucking cool. Like, it's just so yeah. fucking cool, you know? And yeah. then just the way he comes in with that, like, almost dark, deep whisper yeah. thing. No, 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 like he's singing everything like this. And then it opens up, and the fucking chorus is yeah. like this, smiling, and he just, he's belting like an, you know, yeah. almost like operatic, like, you know. Yeah. That's, dude, that song, I remember hearing that and just thinking, holy fucking shit, this is one of the best fucking Faith No More songs ever. Yeah. And it really fucking is, dude. I mean, that is a great chorus. That is just a fucking awesome chorus. I don't give a fuck who even sang it. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, well, I, I really shit the bed because I didn't have that. You did. I didn't have it. No, no, I mean, you did in terms of shitting the bed. Yeah, oh, <laughs> no, oh yeah, don't, yeah. I don't, to me, the my top two were obvious. My yeah. top two were just like, I don't know how these couldn't be my favorite fucking songs because they're so fucking badass. And, you know, spoiler alert, they're both... I don't know why I keep saying that. Spoiler alert. Like, people are on the edge of their seats. Don't ruin it for me. I'll hear the answer in five minutes. Um, hey, I'm on the edge of my seat. But I'm, like, they, trying to, like, peek and, like... But they're both... I mean, they're both hits, technically, right? Not yeah. hits, because Epic, mm. like I said before, was probably their only real hit. But they were singles. Yeah. So, you know, douching out here, being a fucking poser, putting singles as my top my top picks but <laughs> ashes to ashes fucking just 100 percent. that, that song is, is man. bad as fuck so i got yeah. that going to my head that's a great riff i want to go yeah, yeah. i want to go crank that song right now andrew your number two 
Well, you're saying that you are got the quote-unquote hits at the top. I've got more like deep cuts at the top. My number two is the Cowboy song. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's so... Okay. I don't know. Like, I like that music because that's like... why I was saying that real world era or whatever. Like, this was like a leftover, but yeah. it's got that... It's got the keyboards and I don't know. It seems to like have this kind of like it ramps up. And stuff, and it's. I get it. Yeah, I don't. That's a weird like that would have just never even been oh, considered really? for my list. But you I know, there's know. some weird one. Like there's one that, like if I was gonna say, if I had top of my head, if I had an honorable mention, and went for like a deep cut, which this probably would be an honorable mention, and certain days of the week maybe it'd be on my top ten list. But naked in front of the computer, like. That's a oh, really yeah. fucking cool song. Like, isn't that album from the year? Hmm. It was the, the same album, album of the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Album of the year. So that's like another one that's like, yeah, you know, or even like yeah. the opening track, Collision. That's fucking like the shit, yeah. you know. Like honestly, we first started talking and going through these songs, and somewhere along the way, Collision popped into my head, and I was like, why is that not on my list? I was like mad at myself for a second. Oh, but yeah. then it's like now I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at my list. I'm like, I. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should have done a top 20, which seems ridiculous because yeah. these guys only had how many albums they got? So they got We Care a Lot, Introduce Yourself, The Real, Real Thing, Thing, Angel, Angel Dust. Dust, King for a Day, Album of the Year, Soul Invictus, so seven. Yeah, seven albums. Yeah. yeah. That ain't very many for yeah. that long period of time, though. It's not. Because We Care a Lot came out 86, 85, 86. Introduce Yourself was like 87, 88, and the real yeah. thing was 90? I think it was 89. Was it 89? Blew up in 90, probably. I know Angel Dust was 92. Yeah. And then 95, and then I think 97. Hmm. So they just kind of sprawled their stuff out. I mean, yeah. it was just, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, anyhow, that was a weird number two. Mm. Caught me off guard, man. Well, then my even number one's going to be even, well... <clears throat> It's in the same vein, I guess, I'll say. Okay. <laughs> well, my number one, and this might be, you know, because it was a single, but I've just always loved this song, and it was a single, and I never understood why it wasn't, like, a bigger hit, because, I don't know, coming off of the real thing, mm-hmm. and Angel Dust... It's like it seems like that record was everywhere when it came out. But then well, I think it, I know what your number one. But is then, then it seems like the fucking hits didn't do anything. Like you saw yeah. them one time on MTV and they disappeared. Yeah. So my number one is Midlife Crisis. Because All I right. just think it's the perfect Faith No More yeah. song in a way because he's doing everything from his like growl like the. Like yeah, whatever he's doing, you know, I don't even yeah. remember the lyrics to it at all. You know, and then it just kind of opens up, you know, to like a big chorus to where he's yeah. singing and belting. And, you know, interesting enough, first time I heard this was the that home video that I was talking about that I borrowed uh-huh. from that chick. And I was like, fuck, this song is so fucking cool. Like, it it was just was fucking badass. And then when I actually got the album after that, the album version versus the the CD version, the album, the album version versus the fucking video version was edited differently. Oh yeah. And 
So like it goes verse and then chorus, and then it has like kind of that second chorus where it's like, it's a midlife crisis, you know? It didn't do that after the first chorus on the video. And so like when then when I bought the album and it did that that soon in the song, it felt super wrong to me. And it's always felt fucking wrong to me now. And there's like a different mix. They call it something different, but it's basically the video mix. And it's on the the extended, the expanded version, whatever, the deluxe edition of Angel Dust that came out a few years back. They did, they put that like mix, that edit on there. And it's like, ah, finally, to me, it's like, that's obvious. Like they didn't need to go into that that soon because it almost becomes too repetitive. It'd be my only bitch about the song, but you know, it was. Are you talking about the part where he's like, it means the road in heart or something like they cut that part out. It ain't big enough for two. Yeah. And then it goes, no. Then it goes into that. It's a midlife crisis thing. Yeah. Well, it didn't do that after. It didn't do that oh. on the first one. It went like verse, and then that you're perfect. Yes, it's true. Yeah. And they did that whole thing, and then it went right into the next verse, and then it did that. Oh, weird. And then it went to the it's a midlife crisis thing. That's how the video was edited, and so that's what I was used to because that's how I heard it the first bunch of times I watched the fucking music yeah. video. Weird. And then when I bought the album, I was like, I didn't like the way it went into that. Like, to me, that was like the bridge that didn't need to come till later. And I've still always felt that way about the song. Huh. And so I was like glad when they did the deluxe edition thing, I was like, yeah, that's how they should have edited the fucking song in the first place. Like the music video. <laughs> I don't know why they did the music video that way. Yeah, and then the weird. album a different way, but it's like, it just flows better to me the way they did it for the video. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Not that I'm right. Like, maybe they just, have to to condense it down or whatever. Yeah, and then, you only just, got a and then it just worked out. Like, that's just the way to yeah. me it should have been. But maybe it's just because that's how I first heard it and I was just used to it. And then the other version never set well with me. Like, hmm. I, every time I listen to the album, I'm like, that shouldn't be there. That should be the bridge. <laughs> that should be later. That shouldn't even be there right yeah. now. So, but nonetheless, still my favorite fucking Faith No More song, dude. Because I like his little, like, you know, (laughs) like he was doing, like, almost like the Jonathan Davis, like, Cookie Monster thing before Jonathan Davis. Uh, Yeah, like I'm saying, they were kind of doing some new metal stuff. Without down-tuning, they were doing new metal uh, kind of, like, stylings before that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, dude, they were way ahead of their time. Yeah. They just weren't, yeah, down-tuned, I guess. They might have been. I don't know what the shit was tuned to, but it wasn't tuned down to, like, fucking... Low A or whatever the yeah. hell quarantine is. Chin, chin, chin. <laughs> Sounds like farts. Farts <laughs> through an amplifier. <laughs> hey, I like some corn. Though. I don't know what we're doing at this point. I think it's time for you, Andrew, to do your number one. My number one. Oh, God. Is it a real number two? It's basically the same. I feel like this is basically the same song. As the Cowboy song, my number two, they're basically the same song, and they're from the same era of the band. But number one is A Perfect Crime from uh, Bill and Ted Bogue's Journey soundtrack. They've got the same kind of structure in the song, I feel like. Did you pick this just to be weird? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's just I didn't see it coming. Why? But it's like know. you always somehow. I should be I don't know. predicting I like you this. to have it's the weirdest the number one. And it's got the keyboard, and it's got the kind of cool shit. And then he's like... 
I don't know. Like, I never really listened to the lyrics before, but then, like, I wrote this down this morning. He said, man drives nowhere, presses the pedal, hits a few dogs. Felt good. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, weird. <laughs> and then some of the line is, like, smells like homicide. I don't know. He's talking about weird little crimes, so. Yeah. And then maybe he got away with it. No, I mean, it's a cool song. I I just really... <laughs> Seems like the last couple episodes we've done, like your number one just takes me. It way does. It's off got that. Guard, it's man. got that cool thing you're talking about with like the. It's got this real pronounced bass line too. Right. It's like the rhythm section is really good in this song, so it kind of like I don't know. It pumps you up. Well, there's probably you know, like I said before, there's not going to be a wrong answer. There's yeah. nothing. There might have been a couple things you could have said where I would have been like, "All right, that's enough," but. No, I, I like you, the perfect I, crime, man. I got to give you props for surprising me on that one. Like, mm. I didn't see that one coming. Really? But then I should have. Now that I think about it, I'm like, dude, you're always like a soundtrack guy. Yeah, you like know? I'm a soundtrack guy, or it's basically all these are on their greatest hits, but we said they don't really have any hits, but... Yeah. Huh. I well, hot I dog. do really like, I wanted to fit Ann's song on there, just because it's so what? stupid. And they're, what? Yeah, like even how I said I saw the video, it just shows them all going, what? What? And then he's like, huh? <laughs> and then there's something he's like, here comes Johnny. He's coming to the party. Vinny, he's real skinny. <laughs> it's like. There's some stupid is shit. Is he just looking at people walking down the street? The song is hilarious. He's like writing lyrics. Hey, you, yeah, you, doing that thing you do. Why you do that thing you do? Whatever the fuck he says. <laughs> yeah, like there's that, that whole thing where it's like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Like, But then it's funny and kind of cool in some yeah. weird way. Like. I don't know. It's like if I wrote lyrics like that, it it would just be stupid. But he's got some kind of quirkiness to him where right. he can kind of pull it off. Well, he had a bad haircut, <laughs> and he dressed like he was homeless, like you pointed out before. <laughs> yeah. So I think that there just is uh, there's a certain combination of things you just have to have to kind of pull that off. I don't know. Yeah. But well, man, this episode I feel like it's gone really long. Nonetheless, I'm well, kind of Well, thanks for downloading it on Apple Music. Yeah. I'm kind of ready for another drink. And uh, the only way to do that is to go upstairs and get another one. So we'll wrap this up and say thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And <laughs> until next time. See ya.